Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So, today we're going to be talking about The Ivory Key by Ashaya Rahman. Uh, I have to say thank you again to the publisher for giving me a copy of this book, not only as an ebook copy, but also as a physical copy um, so that I can take pictures of it for my Instagram. Uh, I have to say I really did enjoy this novel. I thought it was really well done. Um, I think what was key for me here was attaching myself to the characters. So the Ivory Key just follow four different protagonists, a group of sibling, siblings, and they have been, you know, estranged for quite some time. Um, you have Vera, she's the new, she's the new Maharani, the queen, um, and her council doesn't really take her seriously. So she does tend to overlook her family in order to win the council's approval. You know, councils unfortunately do have a lot of power, um, especially with a country that is trying to avoid war and invasion. There's a lot going on. Magic is getting lost in this book. And Vera is just trying to hold it together. So it's very stressful. So you can uh, definitely understand her character a lot. Uh, then you have Rhea. Um, she ran away two years before. Um, she joined a group of ravens. You know, the ravens, they're kind of like Robin Hood and his merry men. They you know get, take from the rich and give to the poor. But everything Rhea thought she knew wasn't true. You know, she thought she knew that her mother was keeping um, things from the people. It's not that she was keeping pe things from the people. She just didn't think there was another way of uh, the same way that Vera does. And then you have Caleb, who was framed for the murder of his stepmother, the Maharani. And then you have Ronick, who's trying to just run away from the palace and everything and royal duties in order to save himself and his brother. His plan is to break Caleb out of prison. However, the Ivory Key, all of their paths, you know, bring them back together in search of this Ivory Key. And... There is a lot of tension there with the characters. They're, they've all wronged each other in some way. They all talk about how close they used to be, but how since the death of, well, for Rhea before that, since the death of the queen, they've all become, you know, rather strained with, you know, pulled in different directions. But... They're like pieces of a puzzle. Um, and that reflects much of the story as well. So each each of them has their own qualities that drive them. And sure, you know, they're searching for the cyber key, right? In order to, to get the cyber key, they have to solve a number of puzzles and go through mazes. It's pretty intricate. And I want to talk about a little bit more about that later. 
if each one of them had done this on all node, it failed because they're not seeing the full picture. But together, their traits, their personalities, they balance each other out. They themselves are stronger together. Again, they are each a piece of the puzzle and they are alone when, you know, they're alone. I know that was redundant. But together, you as the reader see the bigger picture. And when they're together, they see the bigger picture as all. So when they're working together, you know, even with the tension, even with the arguments, they are still better together. And I like that because it does reflect a lot of the um, characterization, you know, a lot of the character growth. I, I really found it to be quite engaging, um, honestly. I did. I loved the character, the characterization here. I thought there was incredible, incredible, incredible character growth because they're starting to see not everything they thought they knew was right. Rhea thought her mother was withholding magic. No, it's not that she was withholding magic. It's the fact that the country is, you know, the query of magic is emptying. You know, there's not going to be any more magic. So, without telling the people to avoid a panic, not the smartest move, but it was the move her and her council voted for. They are rationing magic. Without telling people, yeah, we're rationing magic because we're running out. Um, and then Caleb, he's always, he is the eldest. He's also their half brother from their father's previous marriage too. Um, it was just, you know, not a marriage of love, a marriage of duty. He married a girl from the invader's land uh, and she died so he came back home married his one true love the maharani they had three kids however this has always put caleb in a state of in between he's too much of this for them and too much of that for them you know he's not very much he is very much a biracial child you know you see those kids and for I'm using an, I'm gonna use biracial children as an example because unfortunately it is a fact um, they are too african-american for white people and too white for african-american communities so they're always forced to kind of choose a culture over one and i don't think that that's fair both cultures are who they are so for caleb he's always been forced to limit one in favor of the other and now he's just like i have to find who i am so it's a really good character development for him for ria again um not ria veronica He's always thought Vera was just kind of ignoring him, ignoring the family, and he doesn't understand the precarious line that she walks. The court doesn't really want her, you know, the council, they don't really want her to be queen. Um, 
they just think she's too young. They don't think she has enough experience. They think she, you know, they think a lot of things. And he's not understanding the state of things. Again, that's on Vera for not, you know, talking, community, like, look, here's the deal. This is what's happening right now. Um, so, you know, all of the siblings kind of just keep their own secrets. But as the story evolves, as they're solving these puzzles, they are becoming a family again. You know, they're communicating, they're growing, they're learning more about themselves, they're learning more about each other. They are coming together as four pieces of a puzzle, and I think that that was really well done. Then you have the storytelling, the actual storytelling I thought was phenomenal. Once again, like I said, I want to talk about these puzzles. I think Ramon did an incredible job with these puzzles. They're so intricate, but they're so full of imagination. As I was reading them, I'm trying to solve them myself. Like, hmm, you've got a cipher here. You've got math problem here. You've got illusions and magics influencing the puzzle. You've got a pattern of tiles. It's like something out of Indiana Jones almost. You've got to solve all these pieces, all these puzzles to get to the next level. And they were so intricately done. I absolutely loved it. And I loved how it reflected the siblings coming together, you know? It reflected how they're learning to work together and trust one another in order to solve these puzzles. I just think, damn, that was so well done. <laughs> um, that's like my initial thought, like, wow, those puzzles in the book are, I, I love puzzles. I'm a, I'm a person who loves puzzles. I love solving puzzles. I just thought that they were absolutely 100% incredible. I thought they were so well done. I can't stress that enough. They are imaginative. They really do suck the reader in and they do reflect the growth of the story. They reflect the narrative. Um, and I love it when they work in tandem. So this is a story that is not just character driven, but it is plot driven. I love stories that are driven by both. Um, I love stories driven by characters. I love, you know, I like engaging stories. I like stories full of imagination. And the Ivory Key was definitely a story full of imagination. It had excellent characterization, excellent plot development. It was unpredictable. Um, except for that one little bit with that one character who I don't want to name because I don't want to give out any spoilers. <laughs> I was like, mm. but it's subtle though. You have to be really paying attention. I think Ramon just kind of dropped it in there. Like, I'm just going to drop in this little hint. You could easily gloss over it. And I think I did. I think I, re I was like, wait a second. And then I reread it. And I was like, wait a second. And I was like, damn. I hope that it's not right. And I was only partially right, too. <laughs> partially. So, you know, it's a really good story. Um, definitely highly recommend. I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Uh, this is The Ivory Key by Akshaya Rahman. Very imaginative, very compelling, very engaging. 
um, from beginning to end and going between all four personal perspectives really does give the reader a chance to attach themselves to every single character and see how they work alone and in tandem. So, if you want to purchase the book, I just ask that you purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer. If you go on bookshop.org, they can give you a list of independently owned bookstores nearest to you. I know that there might not be a Barnes Noble near you or a Books A Million near you, but you can still sign up for a membership to both of those bookstores on their respective websites and get the discounts from the websites. Um, You know, uh, please just support your booksellers and, you know, local bookstores. I just ask that you get the books from them versus getting them off of Amazon. Um, If money's tight, your local library. I know everyone, I get customers at the bookstore all day. It's cheaper on Amazon. Right, yeah, it's cheaper on Amazon. Um, Because, you know, Amazon doesn't really pay taxes. And a lot of their warehouses, you know, have lots of human rights violations. So it's, it's just something to just be aware of when you're talking about Amazon. Um, and their prices do tend to undercut, uh, the authors, you know, the publisher is still making the profit somewhat, but because they're getting books at a discount rate to Amazon, the authors themselves are being undercut with their profit. So it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So I just ask that you um, support your bookstores. And if money's tight, support your local library. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me here by liking this podcast, sharing it with all your book-loving friends, and subscribing. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM, my recording platform, or on Buy Me a Coffee for $1 a month, or one-time donation, or $0.99 cents a month. Um... You know, honestly, just sharing the podcast um, is kind of like the best thing ever for me. So if you listen, if you share, that's that's it. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. <laughs> I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And as always, happy reading.